hope you're enjoying Moriarty, The Devil's Game, an Audible original podcast. All episodes of Season 1 are now available ad-free, exclusively on Audible. Visit audible.com slash moremoriarty and sign up for a free trial. a clean shot right through the bloke's shoulder it'll leave a brutal scar but the man will live a lucky miss i doubt it moran's the best shot her majesty's army ever produced got ronald adair straight through the heart from 10 times the range (laughs) the doctor is jealous i'm not jealous only saying that moran put the shot right where he meant it they wanted both men left alive According to Inspector Lestrade, the whole city and suburban robbery was just a diversion so the professor could get at his case evidence. He's trying to prove his innocence. Funny way of going about it. Did they steal anything of consequence? Mm, Just some files and photographs. Though the professor insisted something important was missing from all his evidence. Some mathematical thing he was working on. A notebook. A notebook? Aye. Should I be worried about it? No, no. Moriarty is the prize. Well, if that'll be all, I'll be going. Mary's likely worried sick. No, no, stay. Mrs. Hudson can bring up biscuits. Sure, we could go to Simpsons. It's four in the morning, Holmes. Four in the morning? Really? Yes. And Mary's already asking enough questions. There's no sense in lying to her if I'm just going to watch you languish here. I'm thinking. You're drugged. And more than usual, what happened to the 7% solution? It is 7%. 7% cocaine, 7% morphine. Christ. I'll be back in the morning when you've found your head. Who the hell is that? No, who knows at this hour? Likely some blithering drunk with a bone to pick. Show yourself, Holmes. I know you're up there. See? He'll shout his piece, then be off soon enough, stumbling back to the gutter from whence he came. I'm not so sure about that, Holmes. This one could be trouble. Mr. Gregson, I see you wear retirement well. Retirement? Oh, you are a cheeky bastard, aren't you, Holmes? You're lucky your old friend is here, keeping Mr. Sherlock all warm and safe, are you, Doctor? Go home, Gregson. You're drunk. No, no. I'm not going anywhere. You ruined me. And now I'm going to return the favor in kind. You crossed the wrong man, Holmes. I don't lie down to thugs like you. And believe it or not, I'm still a half-decent detective. I know there's more to you than the pressmen claim, and I'm going to figure you out. 
Who you really are? Who I really am? Mr. Sherlock, it's the middle of the night. What on earth is all the ruckus? <gasps> Inspector Gregson. No need for alarm, Mrs. Hudson. I believe the former inspector was feebly attempting a threat. Go back inside, madam. No, it's all right. A poor fellow here has just had a touch too much to drink. Isn't that right, Gregson? You haven't thought this reckless strategy through at all, no. Nor bothered to load your gun. Would you like me to prove it, you bloody fool? Oh, my. Thank you, Doctor. The gun was loaded? Christ, you said... I said what was needed to inspire you to act. And you did, Doctor. Remarkably so. What was that man on about, Mr. Sherlock? I believe Gregson blames me for his incompetence. It is sad, really. Shall I call the police? No, no, that won't be necessary. The doctor and I shall ensure Mr. Gregson makes it home safely. Clay. Colonel, our wagons have returned. I thought you two might like to taste the fruits of our labor. We're in the clear. My informers inside the force tell me Scotland Yard is stumped. Even Sherlock Holmes doesn't know who pulled it off or how. Credit where it's due, Professor. I had my doubts, but you certainly solved it. Amazing what your mind and that blackboard can figure out. What's, what's wrong with our man? Finally sampled a pinch of the poppy. The professor's just sapped. This whole affair has done a number on his nerves. Ah, yes. I remember the thrill of my first job. Trapped a crib in Scotland, never higher in my life. Took me nearly a week to recover. Welcome to the other side, Professor. You rest up now. This is just the beginning. Clay doesn't suspect a thing of our little side adventure. That's good. Right. Well, I'll, uh, I'll split this up for us then, eh? Keep it. No, I can't keep all of this. The whole bloody thing was your idea. This was never about the money, Colonel. You know that. Maybe it's best you not be staring at all these crime scene photographs. They're brutal to see, even for my eyes. No, leave them. Just leave me alone, please. Pardon me for saying, but you don't look like a man that should be alone. You're in as sorry a state as the day we met, maybe worse. And all because of some bloody book. It's not just a book, Colonel. It's the key. And then that monster stole Rose from me as well. These photographs confirm it. My notebook was gone before the police ever arrived. That can't be a coincidence. The book is gone, Rose is gone. Those facts must be linked. It's the only reasonable explanation. And that means... Rose is dead because of me. vocal lesson ended early. I thought I'd pop by to see if you'd eaten yet. Oh, I'm sorry, dear. I didn't know. I just dined with Professor Farley. Oh, it's quite all right. 
I can fend for myself. I see fresh chalk on your boards. New insights of brilliance or the scribbles of madness. Well, dear, that is a fine line indeed. What you see here is chaos. Yes, that is quite clear. Oh, <laughs> no, it's my theory for solving chaos. You remember my asteroids? Yes. Well, I'm attempting to apply the logic of that book to something more tangible here on Earth. By understanding the chaotic forces behind dynamic systems, we can predict their effects on future states. And why would we want to do that? Predict the unpredictable? Well, the applications are endless. We could foresee behaviors in financial markets, build better trade routes and engineering systems, even predict the weather. Predict the weather? Someday. So long as I can crack this part of the equation here, this is the key to everything. What is it? Oh, it's not that exciting, dear. If it's the key to everything, how could it not be? Come now, James, you know how badly I want to understand what's going on in that brilliant mind of yours. Toil and frustration, mostly. But, Miss Winslow, if you insist, take my pendulum. It ticks back and forth with complete certainty. Every movement is exactly the same, every time, forever. It's a perfect Newtonian system. You could set your watch to it. But all it takes is just one little push. I poke a sphere ever so slightly. And disorder appears in the system. The certain becomes uncertain. The predictable becomes unpredictable. And chaos appears. All because of one new phenomena provoking change. The strange attractor. The strange attractor. A working title. Now, it may look like these spheres are now moving randomly, but they're not. If we can solve the math behind their disruption, we can predict its effects on the system as a whole and bring order to the chaos. Our strange attractor is both the problem to the equation and the route to solving it. And you're saying if you solve this equation, you can predict the future? Well, obviously not precisely, but within a given range of probabilities, yes. James, this is... Well, have you told anyone about it yet? Only the love of my life. It's not ready yet, dear, and the logic must be airtight. I imagine it will ruffle quite a few feathers when I publish. You're going to publish? I have to. It's my duty as a logician and public servant to science. And, on a more selfish note, writing a new book would no doubt improve our trajectory. Our trajectory? Yes, I was thinking the profits might fund our honeymoon. Our honeymoon? But we're not even... <clears throat> May I have your hand, dear? Suppose this is as good a time and place as any. A time for what? Oh, my God! James! Rose Elizabeth Winslow. I am not a man that believes in fate. But ever since you appeared that night in the lecture hall... James, is that a diamond? Oh, please, Rose, let me finish. I have been carrying this for quite some time, and it's a devil hiding things from you. <sighs> Rose, when you fluttered into my world, I knew instantly the equation of my life would be incomplete without you. You are bold. You are beautiful. With the voice of an angel and an incredible mind that has captured me so, you are my butterfly, my strange attractor. And while I could never endeavor to solve you or predict what paths for us lay ahead, I do know that any future would be hopeless without you. You challenge me. You push me. You make me a better me. And it would be the honor of my life 
if you would be my wife. Rose, what do you think? Will you marry me? Rose? I think... I think... James... I think you've just made me the happiest woman in the world. If there was no book, Rose would still be alive. If I would have just let my silly work go, we could have been... Professor, you can't put this on yourself. That's insanity. No, it's logic, Colonel. I am the cause of it all. The origin of the ripple, the disorder in the system, the force behind the chaos. Everything that's happened here, it's happened because of me. Aye, maybe, Professor, maybe. But now the question is, what are you going to do about it? So you didn't get the answer you expected, that's life. But you did get an answer. And a man with an answer knows where he stands. Now, if you'd quit drowning in your own sorrows for a moment, you might see what I see. And what's that? The game. Game? Aye. Here, now, try and keep up. Now, I've been doing some thinking myself, dangerous as that sounds. And I've been thinking, this all sounds like a job that I could have done. Seeing as no one's better at stealing and killing than me. The crime here is rather straightforward. Steal your book, but steal it without suspicion. Our killer wanted to cover up that a robbery occurred at all, yes? Yes, but why steal my work? I was going to share it with the world. Oh, are you really that naive? What's that math of yours do? Well, it forecasts large-scale deterministic systems. It tells the future. That's what I heard. And that kind of power is... Well, hell, I've killed for far less. If I knew what was going to happen before it did, I'd be a rich man, a very rich man, with no enemies to stop me. I hadn't considered that. Aye, see? That's your problem, Professor. You're not seeing the crook side of things. So they steal my book kill Rose, and why not murder me as well? Easy, because you're more useful alive. Now, what could possibly make you worth keeping around? Professor? My mind, of course. The math in my book wasn't finished. But it was highly advanced. Too sophisticated for most minds to ever comprehend. <laughs> well, let's not get cocky. It's not cocky, it's fact. There's only a handful of brains in the world that could understand my notes. It would be logical to keep me alive in case the killer couldn't grasp what they'd stolen. Aye, you're too smart to die. But you had to be contained, your name discredited beyond retaliation. I was set up. I'd bet a heavy bit of my new gold on it. Splashy murder, the police looking left while the killer goes right, your book disappears and no one's at wiser. That's the game. Yes, but I was going to die. Why set me up to hang? Well, I can do all the work for you. Perhaps you could ask the killer. If you're about ready, get off your arse and find them. May I have the truck? The board is yours. Now, <clears throat> if your logic of a setup holds, and I believe it just might, then I've been asking the wrong question about our killer. It's never about who would do this to Rose. No, it's who would do it to you. Close. It's not only who would do this to me, it's who could. Mm, not easy to pin a murder on another man. I know that firsthand. Exactly. It's not enough to stage a murder and leave the rest to chance. If this killer wanted to pin me completely, their conspiring would have to stand firm against the police, against the courts, and even 
against the critical eye of London's greatest detective. Oh, hold on. I thought you said Sherlock Holmes is a bloody idiot. Or perhaps I was wrong, Colonel. Dead wrong. Perhaps. Holmes is in on it. Holmes. Ah, Doctor. I was beginning to wonder if you might have run off on me. Have you found your head? Yes, only the nicotine today. It is quite a three-pipe problem, this Moriarty business. And has your pipe offered any solutions? Perhaps. I've been pondering, Doctor, how our little spider could have woven such a complex web in so little time. The scale of Moriarty's diversion is grand, but revealing. Elaborate disguises, horses and wagons, dozens of common foot soldiers all marching at once. Our professor might have helped conduct this orchestra, but he could not have done it alone. You think he's getting help? Yes, and far beyond that of Colonel Moran's aim. We've frozen Moriarty's accounts, his brothers as well. He could not have financed this endeavor, let alone pulled together the manpower to see it through. Yes, our professor has an accomplice. The question is, who? Given the reach and resources of the robbery, it'd have to be someone big. Someone like Clay. John Clay? He fits the profile? No. Clay pledges for the crown. And he's far too sharp to attempt such boldness against me. He's the fourth smartest man in London, by my judgment. Maybe even the third. Yeah, well, your judgment's been shite lately, hasn't it? Very dangerous, Professor. Moving about in the daylight like this. These disguises are wearing thin. Relax, Colonel. No one suspects a pair of bobbies out on the morning patrol. Aye, no one except the real bobbies who know to be looking for fakes. We should get new disguises from Clay. No, I'm done partnering with John Clay. One rotten scheme was enough for my lifetime. That's cute, Professor. Believing you can fight dirty with clean. You think Sherlock Holmes fights as fair? No. You're at war, Professor. Better start acting like it. I appreciate your counsel, Colonel, but I did not force you to come. Aye, well, I've got a big bag of gold that says otherwise. Enough to cover my fee tenfold. Keeping up with you is good business, and, moreover, you're a good fellow. It'd be a true shame to see you come this far just to get nicked by a copper. Mr. Gregson isn't with Scotland Yard anymore. Clay spies say Holmes forced his firing. Now, if there's any data to help us prove our theory on Holmes, Gregson will know where to start. And the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Except the enemy of your enemy is also your enemy. The man's still got the blood of a cop running through his veins. He might try something. Yes, well, it's a calculated risk. Well, you keep piling those up, don't you? That's why I'm so glad you keep sticking around. Look here, this is the place. Just let me do the talking, and please do not try to shoot anyone this time. Oh, you know, you're the first partner I've had that's asked me not to shoot anyone. Shooting is my speciality. Yes, 
Well, please save your speciality for another occasion. Hope we didn't wake him. It's nearly ten. Surely someone must be up. The man lives alone, a married to the job type. Least he was. How do you know all this? I never go to blows with a bloke before doing my diligence. We're not going to blows, Colonel. However, I am out of ideas. How do you propose we find Mr. Gregson? Well, seeing as we came all this way, we could have a glance around. No, I'm not breaking in. No, we're not breaking in. We're simply two concerned police officers checking in on a friend. Now, you mind the street while I pick this lock. Door was unlocked. Strange. Very strange indeed. Mr. Gregson? Hello? Suppose I'll go first then. Hey, anyone in here? God, this place is a mess. Aye, as I said, definitely a single bloke and a drunk. Only a cat would put up with such carnage. Oh, shite. What? What is it? Oh, my God, Mr. Gregson. Hey, I don't think he can hear you. He's dead? No, he can't be. Mr. Gregson, are you all right? Mr. Gregson? Mr. Gregson! Drank himself silly and choked on his own vomit. Bloody disgusting. Or brilliant. To the casual eye, yes, this appears to be a simple case of over-intoxication. But look closer. Do you see what I see? A total disregard for good brandy? No, Colonel, I see the Chief Inspector of my murder case dead in his living room, just weeks after his firing. I see the game. Good morning, madam. Mrs. Lestrade, is it? Yes. Can I help you, officers? Yes, but uh, is everything all right, Mrs. Lestrade? Oh. Well... Well, no, officers. Everything is not all right. Have you heard what's happened to Glenn? Glenn? Your husband? Yes. He's... He's... Well, he's just been fired from the force. They canned him for being held hostage by a pair of spineless thugs during that bank robbery business. Can you believe that? Oh, oh well, that's a shame indeed. I'm truly sorry to hear that, Mrs Lestrade. Is he home? We have urgent business. Urgent? Is Glenn in more trouble? Oh, no, there's a new case that... Well, it's, uh, it's a rather sensitive matter, I'm afraid. Yes, of course. I'll go get him. He's just down in his lab. Glenn? That's another officer fired in the wake of my case, Colonel. You believe Holmes had something to do with this too? The more we tug at the thread, the more I know he's at the end of it. I don't know, Professor. Frankly, we don't have any facts to believe he's involved in any of this. No facts, Colonel. Not yet. But I do have a feeling Sherlock Holmes is not the hero he claims to be. A feeling? You're saying this is all in a hunch? What is it you say about your gut? Listen to it, right? Holmes is part of this game. I could practically smell the smugness of his pipe in Gregson's living room. But you're right, I need proof to back my theory. And despite our disguises, neither of us are detectives. 
Aye, but how do you know we can trust this Lestrade? I'm all for you listening to your gut, Professor, but that doesn't mean you stop using your head. Officers, is everything all right? Oh, God, you... Relax, Inspector, we don't mean you any harm. You two have a lot of nerve showing your faces here. One word from me and... Aye, and then my revolver makes an appearance. Colonel. I'm just advising the Inspector to keep his mouth shut. I won't miss on purpose the next time around. We're not here to make threats, Inspector. We need your help. Oh, help? Why would I ever help you? We did let you live, if you'd remember. Oh, oh, is that a favor? I just lost my job because of you two. You saw my wife. She's practically packing our bags for the poorhouse. And I'm sorry, Inspector. I never meant to involve you in this. We can pay you for your time. No. No. Whatever this is, my answer is no. I may not be an officer anymore, but I'm sure as hell not turning to crime. That's exactly how I know I can trust you. Inspector, I would never ask you to commit a crime. Only help us solve one. Your old partner, Mr. Gregson, is dead. Gregson... is dead? How? We were hoping you'd help us figure that out. Colonel, grab Gregson's cat. We need all these bottles intact. Aye, come here, you mangy cat. Colonel. Aye, I've got it. I, I've got it. Are we really going to dust this whole bloody room? Collecting fingerprints is a delicate process. Take your time, Inspector. And what exactly are you expecting me to find? I would think that obvious. Prints that differ from Mr. Gregson's. Anywhere that suggests foul play. My stomach's playing rather foul with the stink of all this vomit. And that corpse is going to turn soon. If you need a reprieve, go keep a lookout. We can manage in here. Ah, yeah. And you say you just found him like this? What were you two doing here in the first place? The less you know, Inspector, the safer you are. Here, make sure you dust this bottle, too. There's no signs here of any wrongdoing, Professor. A celebrated Chief Inspector dead by accident, just weeks after he's relieved from Scotland Yard. Could be suicide. Gregson was a known drunk and loved his job. His firing could have easily pushed him over the edge. And the bruises on his body. He was in a struggle. Or he fell. Drunks fall all the time. No sign of intrusion. All these empty oh. bottles. Hell, the vomit still rotting in his throat. I can hardly imagine a more damning scene. That's what makes it so strange. Think it through, Inspector. The very man in charge of my case ends up dead after failing to capture me. You must see the connection. You yourself have been caught up in all this. I admit our firings may be linked to your case, but this... There's no plausible connection. Unless the person that framed this to look like suicide also framed me for murder. That's thin, Professor. Very thin. Which is why we need proof. Our killer's prints are in this room. It doesn't work that way. Finding any killer's prints in here would be useless without some identification to compare against. Well, any luck in here? There is no such thing as luck, only deterministic perseverance. Aye, well, then we should persevere a little faster. The lady in the flat above just got home and the stinking here is liable to travel. Hold on. I think I found something here on this bottle. 
There's a thumb mark that's not Gregson. You're saying someone else was in here? Maybe, but I told you this print is useless without a match. We have no idea who it could belong to. Well, I have an idea. This letter was with my case evidence. Do you remember it, Inspector? You wrote it for me the day we met. Your letter to Sherlock Holmes? Yes, the one he threw at you before he laughed you out of the door and sent me to my demise. I need you to pull these fingerprints from it and see if they match those on that bottle. This is your hypothesis? You think Sherlock Holmes murdered Gregson? I think he's somehow involved in this murder and Rose's as well. But no, no, that can't be possible. I have eliminated the impossible. And now whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth. There are too many intersections to ignore. His quick dismissal of my plea, followed by an appearance at court where he ensured I saw the noose. His sudden commandeering of Scotland Yard and the discarding of every single honest man linked to my case. The large rewards, the way he hunts me with stunning tenacity. Well, that is his job. But who is his employer? There's more, Inspector. My missing notebook. That book didn't just contain ordinary theorems. It held the future of mathematics itself. My work was valuable, enough to steal and kill for, and only a man of great intellect and high stature could be capable of doing so and covering it up so convincingly. A man such as Sherlock Holmes. A dog? A hound, Doctor. An enormous, coal-black hound, though not such a hound as mortal eyes have ever seen. Christ. And they believed you? <laughs> sir, that, that, that area is reserved, sir. This is, no, you can't go over there. You're a bloody monster, Holmes. Uh, easy there, Professor. Get your hands off me, you thug. I'm sorry, Mr. Holmes. He just pushed on through. Professor Moriarty. Well, this is quite an energizing turn. Moriarty? Professor Moriarty. Shall I call the police, sir? I'm sure they've already been called. It's all right. Watson and I have a grip on this. Doctor, kindly check the professor's coat. You've given up your disguises. I'm done hiding. I know who you really are. The professor brought us a gift. A revolver to dinner? My, your time in the underworld has had its way with your manners. You'll join us? You must be famished with all your running around. I think, Professor, that you've lost seven and a half pounds since I saw you last. Oh, save your phony deductions. Not everyone in this city respects your feeble mind, and anyone that does will soon know its true nature. Professor... It has been a rather occupying month, and my feeble mind is not tracking your logic. You must be more specific. Specific? Very well. A young couple journeys to London from a quiet countryside on holiday. But no, it's not a holiday at all. It's a trap. A murderous setup that allowed a monstrous thief to kill an innocent woman and steal a mathematician's life's work. An invaluable book disappeared, and this mathematician, the only man in the world who could ever expose its theft, was framed with a crime to keep quiet. 
So convincing was the scene that even London's greatest detective was fooled into sending the accused to the noose. But, you see, that detective was actually not fooled at all. No, he knew the man was innocent. But had good reason to ensure he would be found guilty. Because, you see, the great detective and the monstrous thief, well, you, Mr. Holmes, are one and the same. Is that specific enough for you? Your narrative is most interesting, Professor. Have you finished? You don't deny you played a role. Why should I? Seems your mind's all but made up on the matter. But allow me to lend you a piece of professional advice. One logician to another. It is a capital mistake to theorize before one has the data. Insensibly, one begins to twist facts to suit theories instead of theories to suit facts. I have the data. You forced a whiskey bottle down Gregson's throat and framed his death to look like an accident, just as you crafted a scene to set me up for murder. You don't solve crimes, Holmes. You create them. That's enough of this. Careful, Watson. The professor has us by the neck. You dare mock me. I am going to expose you, Holmes. I have the proof. Then why are you here? No, Professor. You don't have all the data. You haven't reasoned this the whole way through. You think I stole your book and killed your beloved Miss Winslow? No, you're not seeing the game at all. Then who killed her? Oh, yes. You have to know that one, don't you? Yes, it burns in you. The need to have the answers to every question that stands against you. That is the reason you're here. Risking life and limb for the thrill of the solve. We're not so different, you and I. I am not a monster. And I am not the killer you seek. Though I could very well kill you. Tell me, Professor, what's stopping me from putting a bullet in your brain? Holmes. It's all right, Doctor. Let's see if the Professor can reason it out. Do it. You'll only prove my point. No, no, Professor. It's not what you're thinking. All these lords and ladies around, a junior minister staring on from his corner booth, they don't factor at all. No. I wouldn't have a moment's reluctance pulling this trigger in front of the Queen herself. Does that give you a clue? You should have accepted the offer. Would have been better for you. Offer? James. Fred here is from the Crown. I work for the Department of Topography and Statistics. I'm quite happy here in Durham. Just hear the man out. The true nature of our operations are far more compelling. Ah, yes. Those brilliant gears are lining up now, aren't they? The Crown did this. Why? Oh, come now, Professor. I can't spoon-feed you all the answers. There's no satisfaction in that. Why would my own country steal my work and then frame me to die? There's no reason in that. Tell me, what is the meaning of this? I'm afraid meaning is not my department. I prefer to deal in action. Speaking of... I wish you luck, Professor. Though I don't imagine we'll meet again. We'll meet again, Holmes. But it won't be luck. It will be because you keep overlooking one key variable in all your deductions. Really? And what variable is that? Me. Professor! Hey! Get back here! Goodbye! Everyone down! I'm shot! Watson! 
becomes unpredictable. Sherlock Holmes is not the hero he claims to be. Your narrative is most interesting, Professor. Have you finished? This is just the beginning. All it takes is just one little push. Dangerous combination. Matching wits with crime. One new phenomena provoking change. Says you're a man to be reckoned with. And bring order to the chaos. What's stopping me from putting a bullet in your brain? Me. Me. 